cash, homie. Would you please break a damn story? He took it out. Oh, for you. It's a Monday, PFTOT. Some things we weren't able to get to during two hours of talking playoff games and Browns hiring another head coach. Chris Sims, Mike Florio here with you. We made it back from California. I didn't get a chance to thank you for this during the show. Let me thank you now. And I want to say a very heartfelt and very sincere thanks for all the support you provided to me while I was being heckled by 49ers fans on the sideline. You know, you egged them on. Yes. You riled them up. Yes. That's what I do, baby. That's what I do. You know, Brandon Stokely, when I used to play on the, in the Broncos, he used to call me the shit stir. Because, you know, I'd always go in the locker room and do stuff like that. So I love that. I thrive on that. And that was great. Yes, I look like I'm the awesome 49ers guy. You look like you're the the jerk Vikings guy. And, yeah, I wanted to egg it on a little bit. That was, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. You, 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 you were doing the skull clap with those giant bird wings you call arms. <laughs> and and you, were, you were pointing at me and laughing. But here's the thing. It was funny because there was a, a level of malice that was coming from them originally. Right. And I, I like I don't care. Like, what are they going to do? Come across? Well, maybe they could have, but I didn't care. And I wasn't, all I was doing was smiling, giving them the thumbs up. But uh, when you started doing that, it kind of took the, it took Takes the steam the edge out of, of the, it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, they, it was they don't no get longer, mean. it was no longer an angry middle finger. It was a jovial middle finger. Yeah, right. Like right. you usually flash. Yes, exactly. It was. It became more of a, yeah. They, 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 sometimes you got to confront those things to take the mean spirit away and just like remind everybody, hey, this is sports. This is a human being. He likes the Vikings. Yes, he's an idiot, but let's not eviscerate him, okay? And yeah, I just wanted to make sure they knew that by you. <laughs> yeah. So so thank you for stirring You're it up, welcome. but also thank you for taking a little of the temperature out of the situation. All right. On Sunday night, we saw the Seahawks and the Eagles, not the Seahawks and the Eagles, but the Seahawks and the Packers play. Javion Clowney, who was a very controversial figure in the Seahawks-Eagles game, CR recovered there. He's done now. Free agent. He can go anywhere he wants. And he said after the game he wants to play for a contender. He doesn't care about money. He doesn't want money. He wants to play for a good team. I just want to win. I want to get to that Super Bowl by any means. Uh, I'm not looking to get on no sorry team for money. That ain't going to fly. Where do you think Clowney's going to be next year? Well, I don't. I mean, I still think there's a big chance he ends up in Seattle. This is what I love about Jadeveon Clowney, though. He's a real competitor, a real football player. I've never heard anything other than that. You could tell winning's important to him. He's not into like, oh, I need sacks and sexiness. I don't give a damn what his stats are. He was the best player on the Seahawks defense when healthy. There's no doubt about that. And that's the big thing to me with Jadavion Clowney is he's got to get his health right. You know, he's a guy that, you know, is just he fights a lot of injuries every year, I feel like it. And uh, he's a phenomenal football player. There will be a demand for him because he is the master of F the play up. Where he ends up, I don't know, but I think he just narrowed the list down pretty hard, pretty strong there. Where he's going to go to a team that he feels like is, you know, in that conversation, and uh, he he will make a difference for for a team, whatever it is. But I, if you made me bet, Mike, I would think he doesn't get out of Seattle. I know one place he won't end up most likely, and that's Philadelphia, as a result of yeah. the hit on Carson Wentz, the aftermath of it when he said the Eagles fans are the worst in the league, and it, remember. When the trade talk was happening back in August and September, the Eagles were one of the teams that was mentioned. 
they're going to be off the list, I think, when the free agency tour begins. Well, they, you know, I think they could um, forgive very easily once they saw a guy like that come into town and, and, you know, one and realize that this is not a mean, like, guy that has malice in his eyes or anything like that. This is a guy that loves playing football. He plays it hard. You know, I, I've never got the impression he's dirty by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and, you know, it is going to be interesting. You know, who who is it? I'm Because now I'm pulling up salary caps just to look at for, like, next year. You know, like, just things like, hey, the Buffalo Bills, they got a lot of money. They need a difference maker on their front seven. That's for sure. I look at them. The Dolphins, they're a team up there. The Colts, who have all their money, they need a difference maker. There's going to be a market for him. Uh, but, yeah, what is he going to deem as that team that's a playoff slash Super Bowl contender? And where is he going to deem where, okay, that's not worth it, and I'll take a little less to go play for a contender? I think that'll be the interesting thing in this convo. Yeah, and I think a lot of it depends upon how this season ends. And the thing is, the best teams have their pass rush taken care of. It's going to be looking for a team that has a really good offense that needs an extra kick in the ass That's through, that, right. through that defense. Right. It doesn't already have money tied up or the future tied up through someone they drafted. You know, like the 49ers, they wouldn't have a spot for him. I'm sure he'd love to play for the 49ers. Sure. They're not going to have that opportunity. But uh, uh, th there will be demand. The one caveat, though, is injury, Yeah. right? Yeah. He's had injuries throughout his career. He had that sports hernia that kept him from being at his peak for the final two months of the season. And uh, we, we thought it flared up last night. It turned out that he merely was hit, as Chris Myers of Fox said, in the family jewels. That was good. He rallied and he was back in the game. <laughs> that was really but, good. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was funny. But I thought, the, I thought that that thing had finally – like something had finally happened with the sports hernia and right. he was done. Yeah, no, When he I went know. off the field and he was clearly in pain, it turned out he just got kicked in the, in the groin area. Yes. All right, uh, speaking of groins and hamstrings and other assorted injuries, Will Fuller, the Texans receiver, vows to be able and available to play all 16 regular season games next year. Chris, this has been one of your pet peeves ever since I've known you, the idea that a guy keeps having the same injury and maybe the training staff and the medical staff isn't treating what may be the deeper problem, and they need to figure out what the deeper problem is and get it fixed with Wolf Fuller, or they're never going to get the most out of him. That, that's right. I mean, he, he's he, first off, you heard Tony Romo yesterday during the game, right? They're a different team. We've been, we've been banging that drum for the last 10 weeks, right? I mean, they're not the same when he's not in there. When he is in there, they're one of the most explosive offenses in football. So he's got to do something. And, yes, you know, when you've had hamstring issues for five years now, there's, it's something more than the hamstring. The hamstring pulling is the symptom. It's not the root of the problem. I've learned a lot about this stuff. When I lost my spleen, I had all my core issues, everything like that. He's got to go find a muscle specialist. He's got to go find somebody to test all his muscles to make sure they're firing up to capacity. You know, just my little two cents. Yeah. You know, hey, we're going to treat the hamstring, treat the hamstring. His hamstring is probably the strongest damn thing in the world. There's another issue. That's why we're keep pulling. I don't know what that is, but he's got to go find those answers, not only for himself and his own future and financial security, uh, but if the Houston Texans want to rely on him, they need him to be healthy. Yeah, and uh, you're right. A, a different team when he's on the field. And, and the deeper issue that a lot of players have, and, and Chris, look, I don't know the first thing about the medicine of it, the training aspects of it. I always thought it was very advanced and the best stuff available was available to NFL teams. 
your experience is that it's anything but. And some of these guys, the only way they're going to get their problems fixed is to do it on their own and find somebody apart from right. the team that can get them the best possible treatment and care and evaluation that they need to get to 100% consistently. That's right. It, it, you know, th- this is where it gets lost in translation. NFL teams have great surgeons at their behest, right? They've got all that kind of stuff. But as far as physical rehab, like issues like that, they're still years behind. And that's why you see a lot of the top-level players and the guys who have the money, right, to be able to spend on, the, on themselves in the offseason and spend that extra whatever it is, 100 grand, to you know, get their body going. Yes, because a lot of these great rehab specialists, physical trainer, physical therapy type guys, they don't the great ones don't want to go work for an NFL franchise. They can work far less hours and have to deal with far less bull crap and far less players and charge more per hour to have their own practices. So that's where people got to realize, you know, great surgeons available because those doctors are, you know, they want to be a part of the team too. But as far as physical rehab, guys that know stuff about the muscular body, stone age. They're 20, 30 years behind still and he's got to find the right guys. All right, next up, the Minnesota Vikings have plenty of decisions that they need to make in the coming offseason. One is what to do with defensive end Everson Griffin. Because he had more than six sacks this season, his contract is voided. He becomes a free agent, and he can go anywhere he wants. He said he wants to stay with the Vikings. He's been a heart and soul of that team for a lot of years, and the Vikings kind of stood by him when he had uh, an issue Back in the 2018 season, he was gone from the team for a while. I think he very much would like to continue to be part of it. They've got some good young pass rushers. Daniil Hunter has kind of taken over as the top guy there over the past couple of years. But but I'd like to think that, that Griffin and the Vikings can find a way to keep working together because he really is a key leader on that team, Chris. Well, yeah, he is. And, then, you know, the scheme they play to – you know, they, they want, yeah, they're, they're, they're predicated on their defensive ends, getting pressure like that, doing all those type of things. Now, I think the thing they need to balance, you know, what we're, I'm trying to look real quick what his sacks were. I mean, he was, what, around 10? I'm just one, two, three, four. I got a four and a half, five and a half. Carry the one. Yeah. So he was under 10 sacks for the year. He had eight sacks. He had eight yeah. sacks. So. You could have just asked me. I didn't know what you were doing. I don't know. Is that worth the money, Mike? I mean, I ask you. He is a good player. He's a good leader. Is he a superstar at this point in his career anymore? No. Um, Is he worth $13 million a year? Yeah, it's that's close one. It's debatable. So I'd be interested to see where they go because he's getting up there in age and maybe they want to get younger. I think that'll be an interesting decision for your Vikings team that has cap issues. I mean, they have cap issues. You look at look at that right now. Your your team's probably in a worse spot than any other team in football right now. Well, and they're going to have to do something to create some cap space, yeah. even that if that means extending Kirk Cousins' contract, and and that's going to be a challenge for them to figure out the right value if that opportunity arises. Mike Zimmer's contract expires after the season. He said uh, during the end of season press conference on Monday morning he expects to have discussions about a contract extension in the off season. I mean, the Vikings either need to to move on from him or extend him. I don't like the idea of Zimmer and GM Rick Spielman being in this lame duck scenario, especially with some of these big picture decisions they need to make. And one of the first ones will be, can they fit Everson Griffin under the salary cap and can they create the cap space necessary to, to keep their younger players? But it feels like they always have a pipeline of very good pass rushers in Minnesota. And it may be that uh, unless Griffin wants to take a lot less 
than he could get elsewhere, assuming the offers are there, it's going to be difficult for him to stay with the Vikings for another season. All right, a guy who was with the Vikings and he used that as a springboard to become a head coach for the second time, Pat Shermer, after being fired by the Giants, now set to be the offensive coordinator of the Denver Broncos, working with Vic Fangio, developing Drew Locke. Your thoughts on Shermer to Denver? I, I, I really like this. I do. You know, first off, I like Shermer's offense. It has everything you want about it. And he's going to have not only, you know, some young stars at his behest there, you know, with Drew Locke, Philip Lindsay, Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton. Uh, they got some guys there where you go, ooh, that's a good little nucleus. You know, the offensive line's headed in the right direction. You got a Mike Munchak as your offensive line coach. That's a pretty impressive staff. And now you got a coach who, yes, knows how to dial up plays to be aggressive in the pass game, but likes to run the ball. And we'll do play action pass off that. I think this this scheme fits more of how Vic Fangio wants to play uh, as far as just a full team is considered. And uh, I like this hire. I like Pat Shermer, the OC. Didn't love him as a head coach, but I like the OC. Hey, North Turner, Wade Phillips, Hugh Jackson, guys who are so good as coordinators, they keep getting opportunities to fail as head coaches. The sooner you accept this is my role. This is what I do. I'm not going to have the aspiration to have the top job. I can make a good living and I can be very successful and maybe get a Super Bowl ring or two as a coordinator. I think that's the way to go. And I think Pat Shermer is now at 9-23 with the Browns, 9-23 with the Giants. I think he needs to accept the fact that his destiny is to be an offensive coordinator. All right, last one. Speaking of offensive coordinators, the Rams have one in Kevin O'Connell out from Washington in to work with Jared Goff as they try to to fix what went wrong in in 2019. You know, it's funny, Chris, the the Rams are a very glass-half-full type of an organization. I think that's Sean McVay's personality, always saying the right thing, doing the right thing, but the deeper concerns are there. Wade Phillips is out as defensive coordinator, and now they're turning to O'Connell in the hopes that he can get more out of Jared Goff because last year, obviously, they didn't get enough. No, no, you're right, and I think Sean McVay, you know, this is a guy that, O'Connell has, you know, experience in the similar offense as McVay, you know, being there under Jay Gruden and things like that. I also think Sean McVay looks at it and goes, this guy can bring some new fresh ideas to the offense too. And we can collaborate. It takes a little off of Sean McVay's plate as far as always being worried about the nuts and bolts of uh, the offensive game planning on a week to week basis. Now he knows this guy can do that. And then he can tinker with, Oh, maybe I'll bring, you know, these 8, 20 plays, whatever, 10, 20 plays to the table just for some creative, like, up your plays every week and add them to the vision him and O'Connell see. So I I think this is a smart move. Takes a little something off of McVay's plate, I think. Uh, Gets a guy in there to get fresh ideas. I still stand by, you know, McVay and that Rams offense need to expand and be a little more versatile and he needs to continue to push the envelope and reinvent himself and stop being in so many one back, one tight end, three wide receiver sets, change it up that way. Uh, And I think O'Connell will go a long way to helping him make that transition and, and freshen some things up there with that offense. Yeah. A lot for the Rams to fix as they try to stay competitive in the toughest division right now in football, especially if the Cardinals get some help around Kyler Murray. The Seahawks are still going to be very good. And the 49ers, it looks like the 49ers are, 
They're set good up for a right long now. time, I yeah. think. They're, yeah, they're they're putting they're putting together another run like the old glory days. That did you go into the Hall of Fame there, the museum? I uh, have there yes. on, on on Friday. It, it is awesome, awesome stadium. Uh, the museum, the, the, the museum with all of the life size sculptures of the the members of their Hall of Fame, whether it's Ronnie Lott, Steve Young, Bill Walsh, Joe Montana. Those are awesome. I tell you, the Ronnie Lott statue can kick my ass. Well, of course. It can. Yeah. Yeah. I bet I, mean, it I know it's a low bar. I know it's a low bar. But you can get up in there and you can take a picture and get right in the face. They're not in glass or anything. You walk around the room and the statues are there. It is awesome. And it's like every room has a different vibe to it. Some are kind of dark. Some are bright. And they got all the Super Bowl trophies. It is awesome. Awesome, awesome space. They did a great job with that. It's a, it's a great stadium. I, I really love it. I've been there a few times. It's, it's clean. It's new, of course. It's really well designed. It's got a great atmosphere. As we saw, a lot of people are questioning it, and it, it, it's the real deal. I would really like to know what was louder for Kirk Cousins, the Superdome with New Orleans or San Francisco? I know in the Superdome in New Orleans, he didn't use the silent count. He did when he was playing the other night, the other day against San Francisco. So I think that says something there too. And I think, you know, hey, let's start giving that fan base a little credit. That that team's got a lot of history, we know. But hey, 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 listen, it's a rabid I, fan base. It's a rabid fan base when they're winning. Oh. And, and that's true of any fan base. Chris, when they weren't winning, they weren't there. And that's true of most fan bases. I can't name many where if you're not winning, they're not going to be there. But, but yeah, look, when they're winning – I'll agree with you. They're as rabid as anyone. Well, just because they're not showing up to the game, that you know, that more has to do with, yeah, the, the stadium is in a weird spot. It's not in San Francisco. So that changes things like that. Yeah, and, you know, yes, they weren't not winning. I mean, before Shanahan got there and, you know, up to last year, you know, it was a disaster there. I mean, it was an absolute disaster in the Tumsula and Chip Kelly era there. So... Uh, they're, they're getting things going. I think, yeah, I mean, like you said, they got it set up right now to where it looks like 49ers are going to be hanging around the top of the NFL for at least the next four to five years for sure. They, they got too much yeah. young talent and studs and, of course, a young head coach uh, that got it all going in the right direction. And, and I, I'm not faulting them for checking out. Yeah, I hear you. After you have a history, you have a history of excellence, right? And then all of a sudden, it turns to crap. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be part of that either, right? I, I, but 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 my point is, let's not act like this is the greatest fan base in sports that will stick through you through th- thick and thin. I can't think of a fan base that will stick with you through the thin. Is the, is the Packers? I don't know. They haven't had much thin, but I don't remember a whole lot of empty seats back in all those years. The Packers were were horrible, but. Um, then yeah, maybe it's a good question to take up another day. Yeah. Is there really a fan base out there that would tolerate multiple years of losing, 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 losing the way the 49ers did? And it was bleak. It was, they, they were talking about trying to fire the owner. That's how bleak it was. Yeah. So, um, uh, anyway, I, 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 I feel, I feel bad now for crapping on the 49ers yep. fan 49ers base. After fans they were so, send all after they were so nice Florio. to me, after they were so nice to me on Saturday and showed me their favorite fingers on each hand. Yes. Yep. You mean this one? Booyah! Oh, thanks. Don't move it around. I know. It, it I kept takes it more still. for Kristen to blur it. There Keep you it go. steady. All right. Uh, that's it. We'll see you tomorrow with another edition of PFT Live. It's championship week. Four teams left. We'll be spending a lot of time this week getting you ready for the games to come. Enjoy your Monday. Talk to you tomorrow. See ya.